Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of Asian Banking and Finance's podcast in partnership with SmartStream. Financial institutions that still use legacy technology will continue to fall behind if they do nothing to upgrade their operations. The main focus for financial institutions should be reducing collateral management credit and operational risks via an end-to-end automated solution. In partnership with Asian Banking and Finance, SmartStream is hosting a podcast to highlight how important collateral management is for those in the financial industry to navigate. In this episode, we will discover how to reduce the cost of ownership with cloud technology, work out how to best utilize efficiencies through collateral optimization and straight through processing, and finally discuss the importance of adopting the latest collateral features through APIs and machine learning. My name is Simon Hyatt. I'm the contributing editor of Asian Banking and Finance Magazine, and it is a pleasure to speak with you today. Joining me today is Ian Sloyan, Director, Market Infrastructure and Technology at ISDA, and Trevor Negus, Senior Product Manager, TLM Collateral at SmartStream. Our speakers will be talking about how to reduce ownership costs within the cloud and how to automate operational processes through connectivity and AI. Ian and Trevor, a very warm welcome to you both. Thank you. To start off this episode, I'd like to ask, why is there a need for firms to optimize their collateral management programs? Trevor, what do you think is the need to optimize collateral management? I think, Simon, the, the most important thing, obviously, and obviously really is re- reducing costs. Um, I think this is coming into sharp focus at the moment with wages um, are going to be rising because of global inflation for firms to keep costs down. They need to optimize, they need to automate so that they're not so reliant on their large staffing um, numbers. So that is going to be further pressure on wages um, because of, I think, the fact that you know firms have sort of outsourced a lot of their business to opt for offshoring. So there's less people with expertise available. And so that's going to push costs up as well. Um, we've also got the phase six coming in later this year. So volumes are going to increase. Um, so there's firms are going to have to educate these new entrants, um, cope with the additional volumes, which may well be vanilla, but nonetheless will add to expense if they've got to do more with the same amount of people. So, And then on top of that, we've got external factors like the pandemic wars, people now working from home. So there's going to be more need for cloud technology and also automation because of that. So I think, you know, there's a number of different things coming together, um, but firms, you know, if firms are going to be able to do the, do more with the same amount of um, staffing, they're going to need to automate um, and, and optimise. Trevor, it's always the case we have to do more with less, and we're certainly entering a period of consolidation. Ian, would you be kind enough to add on to uh, Trevor's points? Is this something you agree with? Would you care to disagree? We'd love to hear your thoughts. I certainly agree with that firms need to do more with less, and we see that. And one of the things in relation to collateral uh, optimization, though, is 2021, our collateral initiatives team met with members of ISDA to discuss collateral optimization. And actually, the first observation uh, was that collateral optimization means many things to different types of firms. However, each definition came back with the same objective, and that's efficiency and sort of getting to Trevor's point. Whether that be, you know, operational efficiency and managing the inventory, capital and liquidity efficiency, uh, to name a few, but they all kind of all relate back to this needing to save on costs. Indeed, is the published paper in November of, of 2021 called Demystifying Collateral Optimization. 
which explores um, how collateral optimization objectives all come back to data standardization, which is something that's very dear to my heart with the common domain model project, and also automation and STP, which we've already heard mentioned. So the foundation of all that work really can be achieved via standardization and working with standards like the CDM, which putting forth. And and another part of the puzzle really is that it's not from ISDA's perspective just about derivatives. And a lot of our work recently is around working and partnering with our peers at other trade associations represent different parts of, of financial markets. And uh, I can talk about that a little bit more later. Gentlemen, what should financial institutions take note of and improve on in collateral optimization and straight through processing? Perhaps, Trevor, I could take you first again. What do we think financial institutions need to improve on? A number of things, I think. Necessarily caught covered them all in one question, but um, I think, as Ian said, optimization means different things to different people. So, optimizing your inventory, optimizing your processing, um, all of that is important. So, certainly from an inventory management perspective, in terms of optimization, is ensuring that you've got accessibility to all of your inventory across all of your sources. I think historically, firms have looked at things very much in a siloed approach, you know, collateral management, optimization, and then, you know, optimizing in different parts of the firm but you need to look across firms need to be looking across the regions looking across business lines and having a real term real time view of their their collateral inventory you know cast the net wide across the collateral across the firm um, and then they're able to optimize at that level rather than optimizing at the individual inventory level and we've done some work on that in terms of allowing firms to get data out of our solution and into our solution for that so we're, a, we're obviously as a collateral management tool a user of inventory but also a supplier of inventory so we have apis to send out inventory data position data also apis to send out margin requirement data and most recently and importantly and i suppose the most complicated of all is eligibility and concentration data so getting that out or exposing that via apis so that firms can then connect up their global optimization tools and optimize across the whole portfolio just um, you know sort of one or two levels up above the collateral management solution and i guess the other thing you know in terms of optimization and Ian mentioned this as well it's, it's, it's around automating your processing so ensuring you've got STP as much as possible and we obviously from a collateral management perspective you know sending out margin calls receiving in margin calls that process now is um, very automated through the connectivity to Acadia send out margin calls automatically consume the results back from your client in terms of whether they agree disagree what kind of collateral they're giving that kind of thing. And that's all automated so that you're moving to an exception-based approach. So firms are not processing everything. They're only looking at where there are exceptions. So you know, perhaps there's a problem with eligibility of a, of a margin call, or perhaps the collateral that's being sent, you know, it's not got the right uh, minimum lot, something like that on it. It's not recognized by the application. It's just those issues that fall out. So you're just looking at exceptions rather than processing all your calls right through the workflows. And if you can move to that, then obviously you can do more with less. And that's kind of, you know, that connectivity with Acadia for automation, which we have, you know, is carried forward to other parts of the business in terms of interest processing. So we're connected up so that you know, the, the month end interest process is also automated so it flows out automatically the results flow back in and again it's only exceptions that are needing to be 
process. And the next step beyond that is looking at, you know, in terms of our workflows, looking at substitution. So we talked about optimization. If you are optimizing your inventory, then you are going to be needing to substitute one piece of collateral for another if you're using the cheapest. And so again, for firms that are wanting to do that and are substituting regularly, then that process also needs to be automated and only an exception basis. So you know, it's optimization is, is, is of course many things to many people, but it just touching on optimization of inventory and also on workflow optimization, you know, that can reduce your costs considerably. And Trevor, certainly something that you seem to be looking at holistically rather than via silos. Ian, yeah. would you care to add your thoughts on to, to Trevor's excellent points? I think I understand and agree with, with everything Trevor said. And I think it's probably a good segue to talk about some of our standardization work at ISTA. Our job really is to make things easier for our financial institutions and for uh, vendors and those providing services like, like SmartStream. Uh, true standardization and delivering, whether it be legal standards through our documentation or digital standards through our standards like FDML and CDM. So it's probably a good precursor to any kind of straight through processing or exploiting sort of the new technologies that you have standards in place. So I've mentioned it a couple of times now, maybe I could just segue to give a brief explanation of the CDM, what that is, say common domain model, a digital standard that is that is publishing for how to represent trade and products that those trades are in, plus the life cycle of the trade. Uh, so how do you change things through the life cycle? What happens when you book a trade, when you amend a trade, when it gets increased or decreased, when it comes to maturity, uh, when it needs to be settled? Uh, and indeed, what happens in, in, during the collateral process for the, the collateral that needs to cover those trades? Um, and we've done a lot of work on that in the last few years, and specifically on the use case of collateral, but the CDM is a wider thing. We're also doing a lot of work on regulatory reporting at the moment and all with the idea that we can use this digital standard, which is effectively software, it is code, and we can memorialize you know, how things should be done, when they should be done consistently. And I think we all understand the necessary reasons for doing things consistent in financial markets, because if you do things consistently, it's easy to port to new providers. It's easy to build new systems. It's easy to change when things, when market disruptions happen or new regulations come along and you're asked to do different things quickly. It's best to be able to pull the resources through our work at places like ISDA and then put those best practices or those new processes into something like the CDM where they can be published and people can easily access and implement them. So that's kind of a brief segue on, on the CDM. Now, what we're doing in relation to collateral processes and indeed optimization, or maybe the, the offer that's there going forward, is that a lot of these processes and where we say people, it means different things to different people. What we can do over time is maybe standardize that thinking and make sure that people are kind of seeing the different aspects of collateral optimization and implementing them similarly, which is, which is obviously important. Uh, I mentioned as well, and, and I was glad to hear Trevor mention the kind of broad uh, view you need of the market and the, the collateral and the assets that you're holding and the securities that you might want to um, to exchange. 
we are very uh, keenly aware of that and seeing this problem across the different markets and not just focusing on derivatives, which uh, historically is the space. We see this as a, the same issues across repo trading and securities lending. And indeed, ISDA is working with ICMA and ISLA to, within the CDM, to work on these collateral issues and define collateral processing across those different markets. And I think that's a really important point for people to be aware of. And indeed, you know, members of ISLA, uh, ICMA and ISLA can get involved in this work uh, via our CDM Collateral Initiatives Working Group and contribute and, and drive the priorities uh, to deliver the standards and implement the CDM within their operations and systems. We're happy to hear from people. And we have a number of firms working towards sort of mapping to the CDM and building kind of native implementations of the standard so that they'll all be using the same data standard for representing different parts of their process. Uh, one of the key ones is the collateral eligibility model, which we've developed, uh, which allows people to have a standard way to effectively tell each other uh, what collateral they expect or what the criteria for what they expect or what they will be delivering. And that's a, a really, really popular part of our work in recent times. Uh, and we've also done a lot of work on legal documentation and providing a digital representation for the legal documentation related to collateral and collateral management, namely you know, the credit support annex documents and, and everything in between, which is really useful because those documents must be referenced in these processes. Now, in the past, those documents might have been in a drawer or in a, a folder as a PDF. Um, so they weren't really dynamically related to the processes. Now we can do that, opens the opportunity for automation and automation it shouldn't be forgotten is crucial particularly in asian markets where it clashes with time zones where there might be cross time zone settlements can be challenging and being able to automate an stp straight through process as much as possible can only be a good thing so we're hopefully building the framework and foundations for that to happen in a lot of our work at ISDA and, you know, working with SmartStream to develop these standards along with our other members, we're confident that that can be a success and we can, we can see this change in the next few years. Ian, how do you think CDM can help with current market changes? So I think that the crux of the opportunity is that if we have good standards and ways to express what we're doing in the market, what, whatever process that needs to be done, if we can do that consistently and we can rapidly tell everyone this is the way we do this thing, it's really, really powerful. And that's really the, where we see changes to regulation and new requirements as we've seen in the last few years in the, in the derivative space where uh, non-cleared trades need to have margin posts when they didn't before, particularly initial margin, that, you know, expressing those requirements uh, and coming to common interpretation of what needs to be done and then delivering that to the market in a digital standard that people can implement is crucial. Similarly, with reporting, reporting of collateral balances is something that is increasing increasingly of interest to, to regulators. And we see in the US, the CFTC acquiring um, collateral balances to be reported as part of the, the transaction reporting they, they already require, following on from what ESMA requires under EMIR. And the, consistently being able to tell our members or, or the wider market, this is how you do it. And here's code to help you implement it and do it consistently. That can only be a saving. It can only be a good thing for both the regulatory community to see people are doing the things as they, as they expected them. And, you know, it's true, a transparent standard that can do so. 
there's wider implications for newer technologies, but automation and being able to sort of automate things means that you can also change those things quite rapidly. You can calibrate them quite rapidly, depending on market, regulatory, or any other changes. Trevor, we touched on this in the last question, but what solutions can banks and financial industry players leverage to reduce collateral management costs and operational risks caused by dynamic and rapid financial market changes? Trevor, please. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll sort of follow on from Ian's comments and obviously adopting standardized, standardized approaches is fundamental. What was very interesting to me um, to hear from Ian around the consolidation or the working across different trade bodies. So is there working with ISLA and AG? Because I think consolidation against across different, so different parts of the business. So not having so many silos will obviously reduce your costs. You get the operational benefits, um, the economies of scale. You know, the processes are largely the same. You're making margin calls, you're holding collapse. So if you can bring that together, common standards, consolidate all that, then that's got to be a good thing. It's got to save uh, time, effort, and therefore costs. I think the other area is a number of different areas in terms of reducing costs. I suppose the other thing from a, a more business perspective is around reducing your margin requirements as possible, as much as possible. So if you can reduce the actual call sizes, um, they're going to reduce the need for collateral, reduce your costs. And you can do that, obviously, by clearing more trades, so potentially looking at your legacy transactions that are not cleared and backloading those into clearing houses, potentially rebalancing across different clearing houses, across different brokers, so that pledging less initial margin, which obviously is saving costs, netting, compression, looking at trading, looking at the situation before you trade. So you know, which are the which is the best place for me to do the trade, most the cost effective place to do the trade so that I minimize my IM amount. So that from a business perspective and I suppose from a technology perspective, working in a technology firm, what we're seeing as well is firms are wanting to reduce their IT costs and that you know can be done you know, with you know, deployment on the cloud. I think historically firms have been a little bit reticent, particularly in the capital space, to do that, uh, or the larger firms at least. Um, but that I think is now um, being more alleviated and perhaps has been given a bit of a kicker because of people working from home. But it's a very you know it's a good way to save money because you get with the one um, cost you get you know all of your VCP included full production support or as you get hardware monitoring so you're only using the hardware optimizing the usage of that hardware so you're not buying huge machines that you're only using part of so that you know it's cost effective that way you get thing archiving service level of reporting test environments and it lowers your install costs well uh, and reduces your hardware costs so you've got you've got a lot of saving there and i think what firms have to consider with with cloud as well is you know what kind of cloud solution they offer i mean we have an on-demand offering which is private cloud so that means that you're sharing data your reference data you're no longer commingling as it were with other with other firms it's not a multi-tenanted approach it's, it's a private approach so you have no security concerns no performance bottlenecks and and importantly particularly for larger firms you have the ability to customize the software so firms who do have slightly different approaches slightly different workloads slightly reporting requirements and so forth that can be done if you have your own private setup and further to that you don't have you're not forced to upgrade on the path that everybody else is you can upgrade at your own speed. So I think it's both business, technology and consolidation that help reduce, uh, reduce your costs and your risks. Ian, what are your thoughts on the solutions that are available for banks and financial in- industry players to leverage? 
I think, you know, I found Trevor's comments very interesting at a, at a trade association. We're lucky enough to get our hands dirty and maybe see the more blue sky ideas out there. But I think we, at a, at a very high level, um, to take it in that direction, perhaps we need to think of building an infrastructure and use the technology, you know, to be ready for, for market changes. And that's the reason why it needs to be done. So Trevor mentioned the kind of on-demand element of cloud computing, which I think is crucial, the on-demand sort of element of, of being able to process things at times of high stress and being able to get that extra computational power. That's really important, particularly in, in collateral where there can be some very demanding algorithms running. But, you know, things like calibrating risk metrics and, and then being able to adjust haircuts and, and then the margin calls at a higher frequency than we have been able to. And that can only be done if it's automated and we have the you know standards in place to make that happen and to build those automated solutions. Uh, that will make collateral management far more resilient to, to market changes. And, and indeed, I think in, in, in recent times of stress, it has been proven, I guess, that technology has been successful in, in allowing things not to fall over that they might have done in the past with very manual process. So things have been getting better and they can continue to do so, I think. Well, gentlemen, finally, and Ian, while I have you there at the moment, particularly how can banks leverage the latest collateral features through APIs, standardization and AI? Ian? I think standardization, as hopefully is clear for most of my answers, is the key thing from our perspective. That is that. That's the basis on which all the other features and, and technologies can be built. So that's definitely what's most important to ISDA. And I think we're, we need um, market participants to get involved, to come and work with us and our partners at ISLA and ICMA as we develop the standards, which will then be the framework to build all these automated solutions. For AI algorithms to work, we need a standard and normalized data set. Um, yes, you can use machine learning and things like that to try and trawl through a lot of information to make some decisions. But it would be a lot easier if we were using the AI to make really good optimization decisions and really good decisions where to place collateral and, and pre-trade to price things and rather than just trying to solve a data mess that could have been solved through standardization in the first place and normalization of that data. APIs and sort of accepting this multi-system infrastructure, even from in the same institution, uh, must be assumed too. And, you know, at ISDA and the way we deliver the CDM and other standards and reference data, which goes into a lot of this processing, is something that we're starting to build and making APIs available for the development of reference data, for the publication of documents that are negotiated from our platform like is the create where people can get legal data from the system, from the platform after they've negotiated a CSA, for instance, and then they can get the data through an API for that document, which then can flow downstream and into the systems that SmartStream and Acadia, etc., provide to be able to manage their collateral. So it's all part of the puzzle and those things are being built today and indeed the products I mentioned such as this to create is the standards around reference data are all being made available now through APIs. Thank you Ian. Trevor your final thoughts on banks leveraging the latest collateral? Yeah I think Ian said it really. 
automation is um, built on two things really connectivity and standardization and ISDA have done a great job on the standardization work particularly around the C CDM so I think it's incumbent on vendors like us at SmartStream to work on the connectivity part so you know we understand that the collateral system sits at the heart of a you know firm's middle office back office interfaces with inventory management with credit risk management you know uh, reconciling or um, giving the status of calls that kind of thing as well as to the you know the settlements department so understanding whether things have settled or whether there's a fail issue whether there's a credit issue related so getting all of that information in from the different disparate systems as well as that obviously we talked about is to create in terms of getting you know documentation data into the application and then consuming that into the collateral system including the eligibility schedules so having that connectivity is fundamental so how do we go about that well SmartStream we have um, a program to build out APIs so these are specific APIs to be used by clients so they're not sort of you know under the cover connectors for developers these are you know intended for use by clients they're true public APIs by that mean I mean they're fully documented they're secure they come with authentication error serialization they're well versioned they're stable over the very long term and, and importantly, they're backwardly compatible. So that's important. Like if you're upgrading your collateral system, you have to build all the connections with your up and down stream systems whenever you upgrade. And one of the biggest costs of maintaining collateral system is around the upgrading process to keep, you know, update with uh, updated with most recent functionality. And the expense there is recompiling all of these connections to your up and down stream systems. If you've got these APIs, which remain static, then, you know, that, that cost goes away and it lowers your overall cost of ownership of the application of your, or your collateral program and, you know, future proofs it. But fundamentally, it also, you know, sets you up for future technology. So, for example, microservices, we're working to split out the application so that you've got, you know, different parts of the application. You've got the workflow, you've got... Um, you know the, the data warehouse you've got reference data all of that kind of thing if you separate out those out they can be connected back um, via APIs but the importance of having a microservices structure allows you to you know again upgrade different parts of the system you'd have to upgrade it as one monolith you know if you see new functionality in the workflow then you can take that without having to upgrade for example the you know the CSA warehouse equally if you've got internal builds for some things uh, maybe you've got an inventory that you you're, you're using and you, you just want to use the collateral system for the workflow or for, for the agreement warehouse then you can do that um, so you can sort of very much um, mix and match so that you know the, the APIs facilitate that makes it much more scalable much more flexible way to operate but also the APIs allow you and standardization allows you to adopt technologies like the distributive ledger technology the whole concept of tokenization as well as things like you know important for us at SmartStream is around machine learning and AI so we have an innovations lab at SmartStream that are looking at you know use cases for adopting machine learning so we have done a lot of work in the reconciliation space which obviously is important you know within the collateral world for reconciling your portfolios but also all the other ad hoc recs 
that go on. Um, so we've done a lot of work around, you know, machine learning um, from, you know, data in the reconciliation space, but also around things like sending out calls, um, you know, what are the patterns for, you know, that users go through when, when sending out a call and also responding to calls as well. So, you know, th there's a lot of work to be done, but all of this is sort of, you know, built on... Um, standardization built on connectivity um, and that allows you to automate and adopt these new technologies thank you so very much ian and trevor and goodbye to you both that's it from us today at asian banking and finance we'll be back soon with more news views and insights from the financial industry my name once again is simon hyatt i'm the contributing editor of asian banking and finance magazine and thank you very much for joining us